0: Hey, I'm Rob from Producer Tech, and you're watching In the Loop, a brand new video podcast bringing you the latest in music production technology and online learning. In this episode, I'll be showing you some new features in Native Instruments Machina Mark II. I'll be comparing the sounds of some recent hardware and software synths, showing you the Base Station 2 and Reasons Parsec, and I'll be interviewing Berlin's own Ben Mono. A great producer and DJ will be talking about what he's up to and sharing some of his production knowledge with us. We're going to kick off by looking at Machina version 2. A huge update which has taken this software-hardware combo into another league. For anyone new to it, Machina is a software platform with accompanying control surface that allows you to create beats, bass lines, melodies or any other parts of a song in a more hands-on way. You can use the pads to each play different sounds, or all of them to play melodies or chords with a single sound, as well as use them in step mode to sequence parts like a step sequencer. Parts are made into patterns, which are then used as the building blocks for scenes, which are laid out along a timeline in the Arrangement section so entire songs can be made. And all of this can be done without the use of your mouse. If you want to learn more about the basics of Machina, or see a rundown of the new features in version 2, check out the Machina courses playlist on our YouTube channel. Now though we're going to take a quick look at a specific new feature to see how macro controls work. One great update in Machina version 2 is the expansion of macro controls to all sounds and the master channel, in addition to groups. This allows for all sorts of production and performance benefits. Here are some examples. First up, I've got this pad sound I've created in SoundSlot 1 here, which is like a Juno-style pad, which I've added some effects to. i have got a high-pass filter to roll off the bottom end, an ice reverb effect to create a cold and bright sense of space, and a side compressor to make it pump. What macros allow us to do now is to assign the most important parameters of the sound and its plugins to one or more rows of eight encoders to make them instantly accessible. For instance, let's say I want the attack time of the pad as the first macro control to set how slowly the pad fades in. Then what I do is switch to channel mode, then click on Macro, then make sure Pages is selected below, then click on the plus here to create a new page, then Assigning any macros is done simply by clicking on one, and then using the target options below. So choosing Macro 1, I go to Sampler, Pitch Envelope, Attack. And assigning the other effects is just as easy. Clicking on Macro 5 now, I could choose the Filter, Main Controls, and cutoff, And for Macro 6, the Ice Reverb's Mix Control and for 7, the Compressor's sidechain controls, then Gain, which will be the gain of the kick that is sent to the sidechain, to set the amount of gain reduction. So now, if I play the track and tweak the hardware encoders, I've got some control of the amount of low frequencies, reverb, and sidechaining on the pad too. I've assigned the remaining amplitude envelope controls to macros 2 to 4 now, so I can then use the section label fields to name any groups of controls if I want to, as well as name individual parameters too. If I use up all 8 macros and want to assign more, then I just click plus to create a new page and can then set up as many additional controls as I want. These pages are then accessed from the hardware using the page up and down buttons. Getting rid of pages is done simply by clicking on the cross, and deleting a macro assignment by choosing the control and hitting the reset button. Saving this sound now means I can instantly load it up again to have the pad and all of these macro assignments added to a new sound slot. On the master channel, it works exactly the same way, only you can now choose a parameter for any sound or group in the entire project. For instance, here on page 1 I have a filter cutoff and reverb size and amount, from a filter and reverb effect that are on the master channel, so processing all groups and sounds. Then, in the second group of macros here, I've got the level of just one of the sounds in the mix, along with two parameters from a grain delay processing that single sound slot. These controls are set up first by selecting the group the sound's in, then the sound, then the channel or plugin parameters in the same way as before. So this gives us infinite performance possibilities, where we can control any area of our project instantly from one set of controls. And you can also have the same parameter assigned to multiple macros if you like. So on more complex setups with many pages, you can make sure the most important parameter is always accessible. To see more Machina tutorials, visit music-courses.com, where our complete guide and mini-house production courses are currently available in the sale at 20% off. Before we move on to the next section, where we'll be examining some new software and hardware synth specimens, here's a quick overview of two recent producer tech releases. The first is an online dance music drumming course by Paul Kodish, drummer for headline acts like DJ Fresh, Pendulum, and Apollo 440. Throughout the 43 tutorials, Paul takes you from starting out with the kit right through to advanced techniques, following which he teaches a whole series of beats for drum and bass, dubstep, hip-hop, and house and breaks. Each one of these beats, which is played along to a unique backing sample, is supplied in audio and MIDI format, along with the backing samples and a load of bonus Lootmasters samples for playing along to as well. And there are live Logic and Reason projects for each style of music, Preloaded with all the beats and samples so students have ready-made software practice sessions to make the offline learning experience as simple and effective as possible. The second course teaches you how to use only the effects that come with Ableton Live 9 to produce a professionally mastered sound. Throughout the eight hours of tutorials, Nicholas Dombrain, owner of Zeitgeist Mastering, covers the basic mastering principles, shows how to build custom mastering racks, teaches vinyl mastering considerations, mid-side processing, clever alternatives to limiting, before showing how to master a track from start to finish. In addition to the streamed lessons, there is a live mastering template set provided, along with written guides and eight custom mastering weapons racks. These racks and the lessons showing how to make and use them, as well as a 90-minute pro tips lesson, are also available to purchase separately. For more information about any of these courses, go to Producertech.com or check out the relevant playlists on our YouTube channel. Next up, we're going to explore two new synthesizers, one software and one hardware, to see what each one has to offer and how they sound. Let's start with the software then by looking at Parsec, a brand new rack extension for Reason made by Propellerhead themselves. To give you an overview, the synth has two sound engines, as you can clearly see on either side here. Interestingly though, unlike most other synths, the biggest feature of each one is the modulators rather than the actual signal generator below. They are the most unique feature of the synth though, and the thing that colours the sound the most. For example, if I reset the device, what this gives you is one sound engine, the other is off as you can see by the switch, and the first sound engine is a sawtooth waveform, as you can see from the generator below, which has its mix style in the saw position. So this is where the signal is generated. Then, alongside this, you have all the usual controls for adjusting the pitch of that waveform. Below those are some filter controls, This is simply a combined low pass high shelf, so setting it in the negative direction makes it a low pass of increasing slope, and the other way makes it a high shelf of increasing gain. And alongside this is the frequency of the cutoff, or shelf. So you have full control of the amount of high frequencies. After the signal has left the filter section, it passes through the two modifier sections, which can be selected from a whole range of options. If you like, they can be straight low pass or high pass filters, after which the X and Y dials become the cutoff and resonance. Or you can choose a more colourful filter shape like a comb. You've got some moving options like pulse width modulation if you want something less static, and ensemble if you want something bigger, which is an interesting one as it modulates all of the partials with noise, so it's really intense sounding. And there are a whole load of different formant filters, which shape the sound in interesting ways, including a vocal setting which applies the spectral shape from a pre-recorded vocal sample to the signal. So all of these are ways of adding or removing different frequencies to mould the sound however you like. Once you've created your sound using one or both generators at the top, which are blended using the dial in the middle, they then both pass through the amplitude envelope to set how the level changes over time before going to the reverb and delay effects. To either side, you have two additional envelopes and LFOs. These can be routed to any of the parameters on the front panel using the modulation bus section at the bottom. For instance, I've got a low pass filter on generator A, and I want to apply some envelope modulation to it. So I just choose A cut off as destination 1 here, and turn up the dial. And there are two destination options. So if I had a sound coming from generator B2, then I can choose B cutoff as well. So that's the theory, but how is it in practice? As always with a soft synth, I want to see how nasty it can be. So I've made a couple of bass patches for this drum and bass groove I've just put together, using one of DJ Fracture's drum loops as a basis. The first is a fairly classic drum and bass bass line, with a detuned pulse wave combined with a fat sub bottom end. The Unison modifier is being used to thicken out the pulse wave here, and then there's a simple low pass after it, which is modulated with one of the LFOs below. The second bass patch is a bit more interesting. It's a combination of comb-filtered and resonant formant filter sounds. And I've got some LFO modulation of both generators' filters going on there as well. So you've got two pretty contrasting bass sounds. And lastly, I made a quick accompanying sound to go with this. It's using detuning again, only we've got some FM being applied here this time, which is adding some nice higher harmonics. And there's some reverb and delay on the sound too. So I got some good sounds out of Parsec, without spending that long getting to know the synth, and without processing them with any other Reason effects or the main mixer. Now it's time for some hardware action. So this is Novation's remake of their classic base station Synth, which I was really happy to see, as both the original and the plugin in are awesome. Compared to Parsec, it's a simpler beast, but its fewer controls don't leave it lacking in any way, as its range of tasty and highly usable presets proves. It comes with 70 presets, after which all 58 remaining patches are initialized, so reset to just a single waveform, which is a good starting point for showing you what the synth can do once again. The Oscillator section controls either Oscillator 1 or 2, chosen with a switch, after which you can then set its pitch and choose the waveform, where we have sine, triangle, sawtooth and pulse options. Sticking on pulse, I'll add a bit of pulse width modulation now, which is being carried out by LFO 2, and then adjust the speed of the LFO if I want to. Then, in the mixer section alongside, I can turn up Oscillator 2 now, Then I think I'll keep it on a sawtooth, an octave up, but I might detune it slightly to add a bit more character. Then in the mixer I can also add some sub bass, which is an additional sine, pulse or square waveform one or two octaves below, which is a really handy feature for fattening up a sound. There's also a fourth dial here for tuning in some noise, ring modulation, or mixing in an external signal connected at the back. Ring modulation might work with this. I think I might try transposing Oscillator 2 up a bit too. And bringing it down in the mix. As you can hear, it's easy to get filth out of the base station. Even with a cleaner waveform like a triangle wave, you can add distortion, or modulate the filter with Oscillator 2 some filter overdrive to create some nice movement and colour. And there's an acid filter type which emulates the fat 80s analog synth filter sound. It's great having all the controls instantly to hand, and means you can easily create presets in no time at all. One clever thing here too, is that you can access additional parameters using the synth on key functions. So to set up Velocity to control the amount of my modulation envelope, I just hold down the function button and then press the MOD ENV key in the Velocity section and then dial in the amount on screen. Then my filter modulation amount changes according to how hard I press a key. Every time a good new hardware synth comes into my life, I get a renewed passion for gear and making hands-on music. It's so much fun to play with, and can make a wide variety of sounds, both retro and new. One of the nice new additions to the front panel is an arpeggiator. Messing around with this, I found myself descending into Tweaker's Delight, with the combination of arpeggiator and acid filter making some proper old-school sounds. Stay tuned to our channel for a feature coming soon where I make a whole track using Bass Station sounds, to show you how fun and versatile it is. For a chance to win the Bass Station 2, take a look at our latest competition, where you can have a go at remixing the mighty NeuroDriver, a renowned producer, and head of the pioneering underground label Broken Robot. The winning remix of his slamming side-breaks anthem Sidewinder wins the synth, along with two producer-tech courses and five Loopmasters sample packs of your choosing. Runners-up get a single course and sample pack too. For the final section of this month's episode, I'm venturing out of the studio to meet one of Berlin's leading DJ producers, Ben Mono, to find out more about his music and how he produces. Let's check it out.
1: Hey everyone, this is Ben Mono from Berlin Mitte, talking to you straight out of my studio. Happy to be here.
0: How long have you been producing for?
1: It started off like in the late 90s with some breakbeat and drum and bass, and it's been a journey ever since.
0: What are you working on right now?
1: Um, The last release just came out. It's called Don't Tell on Strictly Rhythm Records. There's something happening on a Swiss label called Definition. The release will be out in January 2014, and did make records signed the new project i did with yolanda be cool this should be out like in march or something
0: what software do you use to produce
1: i started off with using cubase on an atari which is like ages ago then went on to logic i think my first version was like logic 3.0 and eventually ended up using ableton live 9.1 i'm really happy with that one hoping to not change my daw again
0: nice so What are you going to show us today?
1: I would like to introduce you to a way how to create musical pattern, subtle chord progressions by using Ableton's Build-In Mini Effects and the Max MSP LFO. So what we have here now is a simple beat in the bass line, which sounds like this. To make it more interesting sounding, I would like to add some additional harmonies to the bassline. And to achieve this, I just copy the bassline down to another channel which has an organ sound to it and shift the whole bass line up one octave. Now it should sound like this. So to create some harmonic structures, Ableton Live's MIDI plugins come in quite handy. What we have here now is the chord plugin which I used to create another third up and a fourth down which makes this one note bass line sounding like this. As you can tell it sounds a little bit off-tune, that's why I used the pentatonic in black scale that I've already used on the bass line, as you can see here. Let's listen to it again. So to have the chord structure moving a little bit and to make it more interesting sounding, I would like to use the Max MSP LFOs, activate them and, as I've done here, have them shifting around the single notes of the chords. As you can see here now it's moving. Let's listen to it. You could even add more depth to it, which makes the shift more audible. And to go even further, I would like to have the 2nd LFO here, shifting around the second interval. Let's listen to it together with the bass line. And let's have the whole track playing. That's it for now. Hope you liked the tutorial. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hope to talk to you again soon.
0: Great stuff from Ben there. Stay tuned in the coming months for more tutorials from him. For any of our UK viewers, don't forget we now have Ableton Live face-to-face training, starting with two weekend events at the end of January in our new certified training center, the Echoplex Studio Complex in Eastbourne. These events are taught by me and give you free access to our online courses too. So you get the best of both worlds with personal real-time tuition combined with continued online learning and support. So that's all from me. Tune in next time for more tutorials, reviews, interviews, and other audio-related shenanigans. This has been In the Loop from Producer Tech. Thanks for watching, and see you next time.